with the Dunedin Public Art Gallery Late Breakfast and I am joined today by none other than Tyler Kennedy Stent. Welcome, Tyler. Um, thank you for having me on. <laughs> That's no worries. Thank you for joining us. Uh, today we're going to be talking about, of course, the Ed Sheeran mural that has popped up on Bath Street in this last week. We're going to have a chat about the controversy surrounding it, of course, that has been in the mass media all of this week, but also we are going to be talking about uh, the process of creating street art and the Dunedin City uh, street art culture as well, because I believe that is the most important thing that has come out of this controversy this week. But anyway, Tyler, how are you feeling after the culmination of this week's events? Um, pretty pretty tired, I think. Yeah, I'm a little bit glad it's over. I've, I've neglected... A fair bit of stuff such as um, commissions and like other paintings and um, and studying. I've got a test on Monday, which I still need to study just for. Like the rest of us, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like everybody else. <laughs> and this must have been the best publicity for you. I mean, you've been in the ODT, you've been in Staff NZ Herald on radio virtually all week. Yeah. How has that affected you? Um. Yeah, it's uh. You know, it's, it's, I suppose it's nice to be acknowledged. Everybody likes being appreciated for what they do. And um, I think for a lot of artists out there, it, it does mean um, working for a long time without acknowledgement. You know, like you see some... I, I have so many friends who are um, incredibly talented and, you know, I look up to as artists. And, um, and you know, people see them and they... Artists have the stereotype of being like a bum. You know, you see them walking down the street and there's paint all over them and they just... Like, we look terrible. And so... <laughs> and, like, despite... Our, um, you know, us working hard and stuff, I, I don't think that we often get the credit. So it's nice to, um, I think, every, like, everybody likes to be recognised for what they do. Um, so it's, yeah, it's nice that people have kind of turned, like, at first it, was, it wasn't it was the best publicity, but um, now that everybody's kind of reaching out and, and showing support, it's, um, it's a good feeling, definitely. Yeah, it's definitely turned in the past few days, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, do you think that this media frenzy has raised the profile of Dunedin Street Art? Oh yeah, definitely. I think I think that's one of the best parts. Um, just from you know when I was painting and having people come past the mural, and from what I was gathering, um, Dunedin's now up there almost with Wellington. It's like it's known for its street art, which is really cool. Especially because we have so many um, incredible artists like coming to Dunedin and stuff. Um, I've, I th I don't think I'm allowed to say, but I was actually I've been talking to the Street Art Association, um, and there's actually one of my favourite street artists. Um, who I'm not supposed to say his name, but he's he's um, going to come to Dunedin at some point and and do a piece, which is crazy because like to me, those people are like legends. Like they don't like come here, <laughs> you know. Um, and you know, I mean, I suppose that that chrome ball. Did you see that? Yes, yeah, that's I mean, amazing. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's just uh, behind Dowling Street. It's in yeah, the car yeah. park opposite Les Mills. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's beautiful. I often wondered. I saw that, and I wondered if it was reflecting the wall that it was facing, but it's actually not. Have you seen that? Yeah, no, it's um, what well, it's reflecting kind of a. I think that's the best part about it. Is because, yeah, it's you know beautiful. that makes it so three dimensional. Yeah, and it, it catches, like it looks very realistic because of it. You know? Yeah, but I suppose it would look even more realistic on like a very blue, cloudless day. Yeah. <laughs> so normally when there's the Dunedin grey sky, like it just looks super bright for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like the perfect day to be viewing it today. I reckon it's yeah. so gorgeous out there. Um, of course, the controversy surrounding the Ed Sheeran mural came about because Dunedin ratepayers were up in arms about the distribution of these funds. 
Um, even though it ended up costing each ratepayer a little under 15 cents each. It was in- incredibly small amounts to get so upset over. Um, and the controversy, you know, it kept appearing all week and kind of died down a wee bit. But I think, personally, I think some of this came about maybe because people didn't understand the commission process of street art. Do you think you could talk us through that a wee bit so people understand how that came about? Yeah, um, so I, I think often what people, um, first of all, to put it into perspective, I've, someone told me, I think to put a speed bump up, it's roughly the same amount as it was for that mural. <laughs> so, um, and then when you put into grand scheme how much the council actually spent on this whole Ed Sheeran gig, um, it's such a tiny amount compared to the rest. So, I mean, on top of that, what people forget is... Um, you know, it's not it's not just a payment for the artist to go and do it. Like, paint costs a lot of money, and in particular, um, I mean, I'm not ashamed at all, really, because the pa- the paints I use are Winsor and Newton um, watercolors, and they they they're good watercolors. They some good paints. So, um, that that would up the price as well, simply because I'm a watercolor artist, and watercolors usually aren't used to that scale. Um, but I think again that. Um, it's necessary for me to use those paints for the technique. And then as well, there's um, there's the primer, which I needed, and there was a varnish, um, or three different types of varnish. And then the scaffolding as well, I think that costs a lot of money. And then on top of that, you know, this was this was in the works for the last uh, four... Shit, uh, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, you can swear. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Just escape me. Um, yeah, like it was, it was, you know... It was being planned for a long time beforehand, um, a good, good few months. So, yeah, I mean, I was I was kept in the dark for a lot of it. Um, it was often between the council and Dunedin Street Art, but um. But you were commissioned to paint that particular subject matter. Yeah. 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 So that wasn't your choice to to paint that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I agreed to it. So yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I, I do take full responsibility for painting a chair and five meters on a building. <laughs> but I think some people took it as if you had been the one to choose to paint Ed Sheeran on a wall, which wasn't exactly the case. You yeah. had agreed to do it for the Dunedin well, um, if, City Well, if it was up to me, I'd be painting there for these children. <laughs> like the mural at Wolf at the yeah, Door, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, lovely cafe on Carroll Street. Um, one of Tyler's murals is up against the wall. There's also another one in Morning Magpie on Stewart Street. That's the Blue Boy, yeah, is that Blue what it's called? Yeah. yeah. So you may be familiar with Tyler's work already before you saw the, uh, the Ed Sheeran mural on Bath street um at any point with the the preliminary negative media did you think it was going to be some sort of setback to publicly funded art within Dunedin just because it was so violently negative at the beginning um no I I think first of all I mean I I was um shielded a lot from all that media stuff everything that I know about it I've been told from friends I'm not on Facebook or um or any, you know, and I'm, I'm not actively following the news. So um, I was sort of only hearing about this this stuff from the council when they got in touch with me and friends when they'd be like, yo, they're comparing Ed Sharon to uh, this dude who stabbed his partner oh, 50 times terrible. or something. Oh, terrible. Yeah, that was Clayton Weatherston. Yeah, yeah it's they, terrible. Yeah, which... Totally unnecessary yeah, as well. Well, I, I think the resemblance is there. Yeah, it is, quite unfair yeah. on the family and everyone affected yeah. to have that comparison made yeah um, um, but yeah I mean I didn't expect the 
I didn't expect it to get that big at all. Um, I thought in the end it's just a picture, you know. Um, you just it's just typical street art, and so for everybody to get so like personally offended about it, I thought that was, um, yeah, necessary, I suppose. But um, in the end, the council knew what they were doing, and I think they that was what they'd intended to happen. I think they played it very well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think some people were because of course a smaller city Zanita, and um, some people getting personally offended because you weren't uh, a, you know you're not a local artist as in from Dunedin but you've been working within Dunedin so I think yeah. that's quite an unfair statement well, my, also. Whole, my whole career as a painter has been in Dunedin yeah so, exactly yeah. Um, and not painting you know a local artist but you know you've been contributing to the local art scene did I miss anything out before what else have you Got oh. up around Dunedin. No, I mean I've had um, my my two exhibitions, which I've had here. They they haven't. Um, I think the last one it featured a few Kiwi kids. But um, <laughs> to me, I I definitely um, sort of against that viewpoint. I, I disagree. I think what the council was trying to do with with making Dunedin more recognisable globally. Um, I'm I'm all for that. Because especially as how the world is getting smaller and through social media and just everything and through travel, how easy it is to travel these days, how connected we are to the rest of the world, um, I think it's important to, you know, I mean, obviously we need to be proud of who we are as, as Kiwis and celebrate that. And um, just on a side note, then my next mural, which I'm planning with the Street Art Association cool. now, is of a Kiwi artist, in fact, a Dunedin artist. So... Um, there is that, but at the same time, like what what I'm trying to do as a painter, and what I'm afraid is probably being blurred a little bit through this Ed Sheeran press, um, you know, I'm I'm trying to expose what's going on in Nepal and the earthquake which affected them three years ago, and you know, and and to remind us um, as Kiwis how privileged we are to have this country and to lead the lives that we do. I think so. Um, yeah, I mean. As important as it is to celebrate um, Dunedin and New Zealand people, um, I, th I think we also need to step back and, and appreciate what's going on in history and the world around us at the time. And this is definitely, as the council has often pointed out, this is a huge moment historically for Dunedin because yeah. this is this is the moment where we start attracting more people like Ed Sharon and um, and you're and getting known for more than just a small student town, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a completely valid point. Um, also, I mean, some of the sillier, controversial things that popped up during the week, such as uh, Hayley Holt, the breakfast host's little comment about never wanting to visit Dunedin again. You were telling me a wee story about her reaching out to you after that. But she did she retracted her statement, did she? Yeah, uh, um, well... <laughs> I don't know. She she just in the next article because I I was <laughs> I was un, like I suppose I was unreasonably personally offended when I heard about that because it was you know everybody was seeing it as it's Sharon going up on the wall whereas to me it's it's a painting like a street art piece going up on the wall and so that was why I incorporated the the heart but um yeah she she um apparently afterwards she she'd said something about um how she, she was on the wrong end of 35 and single and that's maybe why she can't relate to Ed Sheeran's softy love songs. Um, <laughs> which actually made me feel quite sad, like maybe I've gone too far. <laughs> but um, um, she, she gave me a follow on Instagram and, and um, 
you know, she she complimented the work, which was nice. So yeah, how did she feel about being immortalized alongside Ed Sheeran? I reckon she'll. Oh, I don't know how she feels, but <laughs> I, I imagine she'll probably come to Dunedin now to get a selfie. With it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you think there would have been less of this uproar if you'd been paid? To- you know, the same figure to paint a subject less generationally polarising as well? Um, no, no, definitely not. I think, you know, because Ed Sheeran is, like, widely considered the biggest pop star in the world, I think that paid a big um, part of it. Because, you know, obviously pop being controversial as well, like, the fact that there's the love-hate relationship that we have with pop. Um, I think, but on the other hand, you know, if I'd painted Lord probably on a building. I imagine there would have been a lot of uproar as well. Like, yeah. I, I love Lord. I'd love to paint it on a, on a wall. But, um, you know, I wouldn't dare suggest that to the Street Art Association because they'd be like, nah, I, this is Danita and she's from Auckland. And so, yeah, no, I, I think um, obviously it depends on who we choose, but I think simply because Ed Sheeran is, um, you know, he's, he's everybody knows him, but he's he's definitely irrelevant to New Zealand apart from the fact that he wears all black jerseys. And, and he was considering moving here, I was believe. He? Yeah, oh. I think he's trying to get citizenship. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, well, good thing I painted him. <laughs> I think that's why he was so upset, that people didn't want his face on a mural down oh, here. Yeah. Um, are you going to any of his concerts, by the way? Um, it's, well, I, I haven't bought tickets, but um, the council and um, potentially its prom- like its people are trying to work something out. Oh, do you think you're going to be able to meet Ed when he comes here? I hope so. You hope so? Yeah. That'd be a cool photo underneath That'd the mural. Awesome, so. yeah. I think um, <laughs> the main thing is that if, if I do, I need to get my twin sister um, with me because she'd kill me if I met him with her. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> Enough about all the media stuff. Let's just go into the street art now because this is what is important because at the end of the day, as you said before, it's a street art piece. It's not putting Ed Sheeran on a wall. It's a piece of art. Um, could you talk us through your process of creating a piece of street art from the planning to the execution? Okay. Um, well, first of all, I'm not, um, I'm not an overly, like, I'm not confident with street art. Um, street art is, is huge to me, and I, I definitely widely respect um, people who can to be, do pieces to that scale. Um, when I was first in Australia, I met an artist called Daniel Hend, and I had the privilege to work with him on some of his murals because he, he does murals for a living. And... Um, and that was kind of my first taste. So when it came to doing, um, you know, paintings, first of all, they were indoor, and the ones in Morning Make Pine off at the door. Um, and um, I, it's it's only really possible because of the special gesso which I use, because you understand watercolors have to be absorbed by paper, right? So without this gesso, which is, it, once applied, it turns into a paper-like substance, it allows the watercolors to be absorbed, which is how... Like, before before this gesture, I couldn't even paint on canvas. It could only be on paper. So the first step for me really was, was canvas. And then I realized I can paint things like walls and, like, well, anything, <laughs> you know? And, but, of course, because it's watercolors, if it rains and the weather, you know, also because watercolors fade in sunlight, you have to um, varnish them with uh, ultraviolet protection spray thing. And, um, you know, so there's that. And then on top of that, if water gets on it, it's just going to run. So... Those were things um, which was always holding me back from doing outdoor murals beforehand. Um, but in the end, you know, when I was first approached about this, um, like, theoretically it would work if 
if we put this gesso up and we applied like a hell of a lot of varnish on, which we did. Um, and so I thought, you know, like I I just figured because the street art association reached out to me and I, I thought about it and I was like, I'd be a fool to turn this down. Like I'd love to um, to paint it. <laughs> so I kind of just drafted out um, some stuff on paper, you know, because that's usually um, my first step. And um, I think the initial sketch which I gave to the council was rubbish. It was it was a really bad sketch. <laughs> it was of Ed, you know, and he had his hands up behind his head and I'd drawn, he's got a lion tattoo on his chest. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'd like scribbled that in, but I realised like when I looked back at it after I'd sent the sketch to the, the council that it looked like it was his legs and he was like kind of starfished out, <laughs> kind of like, like naked and posing. Um, but anyway, they, they accepted it. And um, so like later, um, you know, I had a, a show which I was preparing for at the time, which is why I didn't give it that much attention. But afterwards, I went and did my own little concept because, um, you know, if I was going to paint at large scale, I figured the best reference would be my own painting. Um, so I did like a a more detailed quality um, concept of what I was going to do. Um, and that was sort of what I worked off because usually when I paint, um, I work with a photographer called Lock and Bill here who's from Australia and he takes the most exquisite, uh, like high quality photographs in the world. Obviously because I'm getting them directly from him, they're very like good quality so I can blow them up no matter how big and it's enough. But if you're sharing, you know, I'm taking it from Google and the quality is terrible. <laughs> so a lot of it I was having to sort of make up, like the his eyes and his mouth and stuff. You know, I'm, I'm putting details in which I, gen like, the kind of stuff I would cherish when I'm painting. For You know, if I'm painting a kid and they have, like, a, a snotty nose or something. And I love that stuff because it looks good when you paint it. Um, you know, and so I was I was taking things like that, for example, like the shine on, on nostrils or, like, um, you know, the the white line beneath your eyes on your eyelids, sort of beneath, between your lashes and your actual eyes. Um, things like that, which I, I do just to make it look good because it makes me happy. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, but also the point of doing um, a sketch on watercolour paper first was to get those traditional watercolour techniques like watermarks and drips and just the chaos of watercolours. Um, because, you know, putting it up on a wall with gravity, it's going to get different effects. So. I was, um, in particular, all the colour, all the abstract colour beneath his face and on his arms and stuff. Um, that was stuff I was I was playing with, kind of with reference to my original concept. Um, but everything else, you had to you have to just kind of play by ear, um, because you don't know what what a colour is going to do. So you just got to kind of shepherd the water along and and let it do what it wants. And yeah, that's yeah. sort of the process. Your watercolour style is very distinct. How how did that develop? Um, I think when you say distinct, I think that that might actually be arguable because for me, um, I started painting um, like seriously when I saw the work of Agnes Cecil, who's an Italian painter, um, and her and there's an artist called Jean Haynes and an, another artist called Marion Bolognesi, and they do, um, you know, they're the kind of watercolor artists who kind of they, to me, they're the next step in in modern watercolor painting because. You know, you think of watercolors and you think of just these bland, boring, dull landscapes. You know, which a lot of artists do, and like I, I love that stuff, but I, I find it boring. Yeah. And so, whereas Agnes Cecil and, you know, Marion Bolognesi, they pay such close attention to eyes and mouths and noses and stuff. And, um, and so looking at at how they work and seeing how they turn the accidents into the aspects of the painting which make the piece, um, 
you know, that's what I kind of channeled into my work. But the thing is, because it's it's still very, I suppose, you know, the art scene's very um, quiet. It's not, you know, nobody really pays that much attention to it. So when when I first started doing it, I suppose it wasn't, um, you know, obviously there was still me in it, but it, it turned into an original style pretty quickly because you, I mean, you have to you have to teach yourself how to do it because there's no one's really gonna tell you what's right and wrong with painting. Mm. Um, and I never went to art school or anything, so th it was all sort of self-taught and accidental. Um, yeah. And that's that's what I cherish, I think, especially with, with watercolors, because everything about it is an accident. Um, yeah. Yeah, you said it was arguable, but it's very distinct within Dunedin, okay, your yeah. art style. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, I, yeah. Mean, I, just, I don't want to say, um, you know, it's, it's entirely original, because for me, not, like, yeah. I, I definitely am grateful for Agnes Asil and those people for existing because yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're hugely inspirational you no know. of course um, yeah. and just to go back on what you said before what's your connection to Nepal um, so I was I was travelling um, through India at one point and I met um, Lachlan the photographer and um, when we were in India together we you know we travelled around a bit and took some photographs of kids and and I saw his photographs and I was like dude I, like, I need to paint these and so he just kind of gave them to me and I returned to the, well yeah, I, I came to Dunedin. I was going to study or do a tattoo apprenticeship or something, but I ended up just painting. And um, and he went on to Nepal, and there he met a whole lot of travellers, who. So this was in uh, no, I don't know. Sorry, <laughs> but this, he he met a whole lot of um, travellers and this one dude called Ashwin. Um, and Ashwin had from from Kathmandu. He just hopped on a bike and got lost, like hopelessly lost. Lachlan says, trying to find this place again. And you wonder, like, how on earth this guy got so lost that he actually found this village because it's the most remote, tiny little village um, in Nepal, and it's called Selang. And, um, you know, Ashwin had sort of... Um, he'd gone to Nepal with the intent of, of finding people who needed help because of the earthquake in April in 2015, I think. Um, and this village in particular, they were... Th it was quite a bit of an aftermath. And um, this one family... Um, the mother, Miley, she was dying of breast cancer, and her father, uh, sorry, her husband had been killed in the earthquake, and she had four kids. Um, the youngest being like, like one or something. Um, so it was, you know, it was a pretty desolate situation. Um, but Lachlan and Ash and the a whole lot of other travelers, they just banded together and started building them a house. And it took them eight months. Sorry, because the the house had been destroyed in the earthquake, so they started building them this new house and. There's like, you know, there's a huge process to go through through like cultural differences and purchasing the land and getting, you know, just to get a tree to turn into to wood into a house, you had to buy the tree from someone. And like Lachlan was telling me the process of trying to work with these people because, you know, they, they don't really give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I mean, it was huge. And this whole time Lachlan was taking photographs of the kids, um, in particular the oldest son, Suzanne, who he formed like a really strong connection with. and. Um, yeah, and so anyway, we, I was I was in Dunedin and I was painting the photos we had in India, and I they they worked out like people liked them, and so I hit him up and I said like we need to keep doing this, let's take this seriously, and so he told me what was going on in Nepal, and um, you know when you when you take things like that and you compare them to life here, um, it's it's a it's super humbling, um, and you just realise like what matters and what doesn't matter, and. Um, yeah, so I, I kind of just started um, painting 
that more seriously. And that, that was what the first exhibition sort of turned into was um, The Spectator, which was a sort of more from our perspective, from Lockie and, and my perspective of, um, you know, being that traveller and stumbling into, you know, families and atmospheres and communities where, you know, there's no, like, there's really no place for you there, but you're just accepted and you, like, embraced into that part of life and you, you're a spectator to, like, a, a style of life and of living that you, you know, you wouldn't have dreamed ever seeing. And so that's kind of what that first thing was. And that was all about Miley. Or I think every painting was one of her kids, um, most of them being Suzanne. And so our idea from that show was sort of to take the profits of that money and um, and then go back to Nepal and put that money back into these kids. Um, because although they they built them the house block and change in a year um, through hierarchy in the village and stuff. Um, but we wanted to, in particular, we wanted to take the money and put it into Suzanne's education um, because Lockie was just saying how, how bright this kid was and how if he had the opportunity you could really like do some stuff. He was He was telling me how you know, like their power would go down. This kid would just like shimmy off a power pole and like fix the power and stuff. Like <laughs> crazy, crazy stuff. Um, yeah, so like really amazing stories like that. Um, and so then this next show that was that was more an aspect which I've been struggling with for a while. Um, and so the show was called "You Shouldn't Be Sleeping." And for me, that was um, you know when I when I'm painting these kids and I hit that three o'clock in the morning stage and I'm. I'm like you know wanting to sleep and stuff, and I just remember like what a, what a privilege it is to actually, um, you know, it's almost it's almost like a guilty kind of privilege because like I'm aware of of how lucky I've been and and how good my parents have been to me and stuff, and me and my sister you know being brought up and how lucky I am to be able to paint for a living. And so when you know when I get to that stage, I, I have to remember that I I shouldn't be sleeping because I've, I have this and I should take the most of the opportunity. Mm. So I wanted to expose. Um, just the the culture differences between you know those kids in Nepal and us as Kiwis, and so I was, um, the show actually had sort of a little narrative. Each each the name of each painting was you know put in order and you set it together. It, it was a little poem, um, kind of just to tie the words together. But it was it was a painting of a Nepalese person and then a white person, or sorry, a, a New Zealand person in particular, um, and then a Nepalese person and then a New Zealand person, and. Um, and it went around like that, kind of. And my aim was, yeah, just to, um, just to expose it to people because you know it's easy to forget when we're here to just get caught up in our lives. Um, what was the question? <laughs> you oh, well and truly answered it. Okay, cool. Great. <laughs> Are we gonna see those influences in your work that's coming up in the future? Any more street art or exhibitions? Um. What direction are well, you heading in now? Probably uh, not for a while because the direction now is to get to Nepal. So okay. in August, um, f first of all, we're going to London and there's a gallery there which I um, really would like to represent me, but I've got to prepare some work. And then once we once there's London, then um, I think September, then we go to Nepal and I'll be there for about a year because you can get... Um, I think it's five months, five months a year in a visa. But if you do it back to back, so I mean, I could do the, the last five months of this year and then the first five months of the next year, and um, and then you know turn, take everything we've just done and put it back into Salang, um, the people there and stuff. Um, and then I'm kind of, you know, all my all my painting and stuff and motivations come from traveling and from the stories and adventures that I have on the way. So um, I'm definitely 
looking for that time in Nepal to um, influence me in my later style. Um, but street art has always been an influence for me. Um, there's, a, there's an artist called Soffles who's from Brisbane. Have you heard of Soffles? Yeah. yeah? <laughs> I love him. He's, he's incredible. Um, and I suppose him and that artist I mentioned, Agnes Cecil, they've always, they're like neck and neck. And so that's why I was quite happy to, or excited to work on street art and stuff is because that's that part of art which I never really see. Mm. Um, so do you have anything in Zunedin in the works? Um, yeah, sorry. Um, that's okay. <laughs> There's um there's a piece that um the Street Art Association and I are talking about, but it's a toss up between um two artists right now who I'm not Ooh. sure if I'm allowed to say, but <laughs> they're both they're both from Dunedin. The, okay. the point is to get, you know, check a Dunedin person out. Yeah, well. yeah, cool. Yeah. Oh well thank you so much for joining me today on the Dunedin Public Art Gallery Late Breakfast. It's been fantastic talking to you and it's been lovely to hear about your outside influences rather than just to talk about the Ed Sheeran controversy which I knew I was going to crack somehow (laughs) (laughs) some other layer beneath the um, mural that is on Bath Street at the moment if you want to go and check it out um, this has been Tyler Kennedy Stent in the studio with us today keep it locked on radio